Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm Jimmy Rosari. Starting in 2024, four Indiana construction zones will be monitoring speed with a camera. The president of Indiana Constructors Incorporated says this pilot program won't start until February. And these cameras can be in no more than four different locations across the state at any given time. The bill says these cameras will only take a picture of your license plate and you would get mailed a ticket. The first offense is a warning, second is a $75 fine, and the following fines are each $150. The president of Indiana Constructors Incorporated, Richard Hedgecock, says this is all about safety for drivers and workers. This is not a gotcha bill. Uh, We're attempting to only slow down those people who are excessive speeders in work zones so that our employees can go home safely at the end of their work shift every day. Indiana is the 12th state to adopt this type of law. Hedgecock says construction zone deaths have decreased in all other states that have adopted it. It's been shown in every state where they have these programs that the uh, decrease is profound, as much as 70% decreases in the number of deaths. He says when safety increases, so does productivity. When a worker doesn't have to be looking over his or her shoulder all day long, wondering if that semi flying by it, 80 miles an hour is going to clip them, then it increases speed and it increases quality of the product that we put out. Tickets will be sent to drivers going 11 miles per hour or higher in construction zones with cameras. Hedgecock says the penalty will only be civil fines and won't impact a driver's license or record. Drivers I talk to say they will pay more attention to their speedometer in work zones. I've always thought that they should have mechanical ways to check people's speed if they really want to enforce speed limits. Uh, So, if people know they're being watched, they'll go slower. Hedgecock says 90% of the deaths in Indiana work zones last year were actually drivers, not construction workers. A road sign will indicate when you have entered a zone with one of these cameras. WSBT's Sean English reporting. The 4th of July holiday is just days away. For many, it's a chance to relax with family, friends, and fireworks. But before lighting anything off... Health experts across Michiana are spreading awareness about the safety hazards they can create. A 2021 report from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission revealed at least nine people died and over 11,000 were injured in firework-related injuries, with the percentage of injuries continuing to rise each year. Sparklers, bottle rockets, and firecrackers, which may seem harmless, are the leading cause of most firework injuries. Doctors say the most common injuries reported are burn to the hands and face. Typically we see simple burns or sometimes hand injuries from people holding on to a firework too long. We probably get about one or two hand injuries a year on uh, you know, 3rd or 4th of July whenever most of the firework celebrations are going on. It's not uncommon to see a few simpler burns here and there over the four or five day stretch where people are using fireworks. 
Health officials say if you are hurt by fireworks while celebrating this 4th of July holiday, especially burns to the face or hands, don't take a chance. Take a trip to the emergency room. WSBT's Tiana Baxter reporting. Michigan is the latest state to go hands-free regarding cell phone use while driving. This comes as Michigan State Police released new information about deadly accidents across the state. While deadly crashes were down 1% last year, there's a disturbing trend that shows a 15% jump over the last five years. The Berrien County Sheriff says distracted driving is to blame for most of these deaths. With the number of people killed in traffic crashes staying above 1,000 each year over the last few years, police say it's time to crack down on distracted driving. Berrien police say the state going hands-free will help them do it. New data from the Michigan State Police Criminal Justice Information Center on traffic crash deaths in the state. It shows more than 1,100 people were killed by a traffic crash in Michigan last year. And it's not just 2022. That number has risen 15% since 2018. An alarming trend, according to Katie Bauer, the director of the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. She released a statement with the data saying in part, while the several areas of improvement are encouraging, including among younger drivers, we still have more to do as we work to find innovative ways to save lives and prevent crashes on our roads. Bering County Sheriff Paul Bailey says driving deaths have been up in the county for several years and that distracted driving is the number one cause for them especially when it comes to using your cell phone. The sheriff says the new hands-free law, which makes it illegal to have a device in your hand while driving, should help make targeting the issue more effective for police. Well, it would be just like the seatbelt law. You know, you have to wear your seatbelt in Michigan, and if a deputy or an officer or a trooper sees somebody drive by without their seatbelt, that gives us a reason to stop them. As the soon-to-be civil infraction comes with a heavy fine, Sheriff Bailey hopes it's enough to make drivers focus while on the road and the state safer for everyone. To just make people, you know, think about their driving. That's all we want you to do. We want you to be able to drive to wherever you're going for fun or work, but you got to do it in a safe way. And the last thing that anybody wants to do is be responsible for taking somebody else's life and this will make it a lot safer. WSBT's Anne Larie reporting. As St. Joseph County's only publicly owned assisted living facility is nearly a month away from closing, the group who's filed a class action lawsuit to keep Portage Manor open is speaking out. The lawsuit seeks an injunction to keep the county from closing the facility and transferring the residents until the court can decide. It's also asking for a jury trial in the lawsuit, claiming that the closure of the facility would violate the civil rights of the people living there and they've left us with no choice but to file a class action lawsuit on behalf of the individuals who have limited means and are often uh, absent of legal representation. The Portage Manor class action lawsuit with four residents as plaintiffs so far. It names St. Joseph County along with Council President Mark Root and Board of Commissioners President Carl Baxmeyer as defendants. According to Roy Signs, the power of attorney for one of the residents in the lawsuit, the defendants have violated the civil rights of these individuals. And so from that perspective, uh, moving them from their home in the fashion that was done and uh, without proper planning to f identify viable housing for them is the main mission of this lawsuit. 
The lawsuit making eight claims as to how their rights are being violated, which includes citing sections from the Americans with Disabilities Act, Federal Nursing Home Reform Act, state and federal constitutions. It lays out the county's history of alleged neglect of the building, including a lawsuit from 1988, which ordered the county to repair the facility. Additionally, it claims the defendants had no rational or legal basis for closing Portage Manor. People living there allegedly haven't gotten enough notice of their rights or notice to contest the closure or transfer to other facilities. Sign says some of those are as far as Lake or Allen counties. Unfortunately, the county has not provided us with very good options for here within St. Joseph County or even within a reasonable distance. I reached out to the attorneys for the county council and the board of commissioners, but they say they can't comment on pending litigation. But as of right now, Portage Manor is expected to close around July 31st, and the attorney for the residents is doing this pro bono. WSBT's Erica Finke reporting. Marshall County leaders came together Tuesday to help adults talk to kids about substance abuse. It's part of a partnership between Project Hope and Remedy Live. A recent study showing 50% of Marshall County students are exposed to drugs or alcohol outside of school. Remedy Live and Project Hope looking to decrease that number. Today's event talked about different ways to help adults discuss this delicate issue with students. Remedy Live had previously visited schools across the area to try and convey that same message. The students were able to get on their cell phones and provide feedback sometimes uh, the best feedback possible that they feel completely supported by their schools and sometimes they give feedback of we need more support, we need mental health, we need addiction services. Today's event discussing some of those results to see how authority figures can best help. Remedy Live's tour director calling the presentation an opportunity to explore why kids are using drugs or alcohol. It's because of that pain that we want to reach for things like pleasure. Things like illegal substances, the vape, social media, gaming until 4 a.m. And so in, instead of reaching for those things that we think are going to bring us long-lasting pleasure, it's finding things that are going to truly, because those aren't. Those are going to bring us pleasure for the moment. Plymouth Mayor Mark Center says the goal of today is simple, letting people know what's going on in their community. More information for everybody and more information for the kids that were here earlier today. And, and uh, just uh, I want everyone to know to know what's going on and just more 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 news more information about about uh, the drug the drug industry and how it's hurting our hurting our culture the presentation shown to adults today is similar to what has been presented to students recently hopefully giving them a chance to better understand what kids are thinking. Biggest thing is learning what we at Remedy Live do with the students. They're going to learn almost the exact same program um, as we do with the kids. And so learning to being able to see what we do, but also just being able to take away some of the data. In addition to Mayor Center, State Senator Mike Bahachek and Representatives Jack Jordan and Jake Teshka were on hand to speak at today's event. WSBT's Leo Goldman reporting. New housing options could soon be on the way in and around downtown South Bend. The Common Council met to approve new zoning ordinances and tax breaks for three proposed developments. Three developers are asking the city for tax abatements as they plan to utilize vacant property in and around downtown South Bend for new housing options. Todd Jensen with KCG Companies say they are planning a four-story, 50-unit senior apartment building in the vacant lot in the 1200 block of South Lafayette Boulevard. We thought it was a great um location, especially a huge need because of the Rabbi Shulman closing. Uh, I talked to the South Bend Housing Authority and they said a lot of those residents were seniors 
So that's kind of one of the reasons we wanted to help replace some of those units. Common Council tonight also considering tax breaks for the future Diamond View apartments, consisting of two 60-unit buildings in a vacant lot near Four Winds Field. One of those buildings will be devoted to lower-income tenants, and Advantix wants to build 50 low-income residential units that would utilize 37 different vacant lots. City leaders say South Bend wants to work with developers to create affordable housing. Any category that the city government can control, we try to maximize those points. And so I think developers see that and they know that they see a willing partner in the city of South Bend and, uh, and we're willing to work creatively with them to come up with good projects. KCG and Advantix will now go to the state to apply for low-income housing credits, something Diamond View Apartments received earlier this year. It's been important for a very long time. We went through a thousand houses in a thousand days where we saw well over 700 homes being demolished in, in our neighborhoods and there was no plan for development. Uh, development wasn't an afterthought so now we're kind of picking back up where we kind of left off some years ago. And we just heard that Common Council did approve those tax breaks. Now Advantix and KCG will wait to hear if their applications are approved for funding from the Indiana Low Income Tax Credit Program. WSBT's Asher Bookspan reporting. Many across Michiana are left to deal with hail and wind damage after last weekend's storms. It's important to know what to do to avoid scammers and protect your hard-earned money. After a hailstorm like many people saw throughout our area yesterday, you need to be aware of so-called storm chasers. Those area people who use damage from the storms to take advantage of you. And it's important to know what to look for to avoid being their next victim. Severe weather brings more than dark clouds and heavy rains. With the nasty weather, some people hope to trick unsuspecting homeowners. You may have a storm chaser out who's trying to get everybody in the neighborhood uh, covered for hail damage. They may get on the roof, uh, unbeknownst to you, and start using a hammer to put dents in the roof. After noticing storm damage, Calvin Johnson State Farm Insurance agent emphasizes to first reach out to your insurance company. Call, call, call. Call your insurance company. Notify your agent. File a claim. Make sure that before you do any repairs that your insurance company has an opportunity to inspect the damage um, or, to, or to send an adjuster out, something of that nature, but to make sure it is on record that uh, that claim exists. Being able to notice clear red flags when it comes to people approaching you about damage is vital and could even help you avoid falling as a victim. If a person knocks on your door, you haven't solicited them and tell you that you have some kind of damage to your home, uh, I would think twice about that. I would also um, look to see if are they driving a legitimate truck? Is there a sign on the truck? Do they have legitimate business cards? Uh, are they able to write a legitimate contract? If you uh, check with the Better Business Bureau, are they going to be listed there? If you check with the building department, are they going to be on, uh, on file for uh, having a certificate with the building department that says they can do work in the community or the county. With more storms expected later this season, the number one way of steering clear of scammers is to do your research and make sure who you are working with is reliable. WSBT's Tiana Baxter reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM. WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 